Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. I'm so excited for this episode. Before we get into it, I have a couple quick announcements. October 21st, get your tickets for Are You Afraid of the 90s? It's a show I am hosting in Los Angeles at the Public Displays of Altadena, run by Bud Anthony Diaz. Um, you might have seen him in The Civil Dead. Uh, he's a very funny comedian. started booking that space. It's very experimental, very fun. And I said, yes, yeah, sign me up. I want to do a Halloween show where we pay an homage to the 90s. My... Well, I don't want to say it's my favorite decade, it's just my decade, it's when I grew up. Um, there's a lot of problems with the 90s, which we will be exploring in the show. Okay, it's a spooky Halloween show about the spookiest parts of the 90s, alright? Everything from denim tuxedos, to the mask, to racism. Um, the things that we're glad do not exist anymore, but for one night only. We'll have fun with the fun parts and be haunted by the bad parts. Um, I am hosting that with so many great comedians on the lineup, Brody Reed, Kat Toledo... Um, I probably should have the flyer in front of me, Madison Shepard, Danielle Perez. I'm doing this from the top of my head. It's pretty good. Will Weldon. Um, and so many more. Yup, that's right. Uh, you're gonna love it. A um, bunch of the guests have been on this show, so if you're local, you should definitely come. If you want free tickets, DM me. Let me know. Like, tickets are only $10. They're 15 at the door, $10 in advance. You can get them at public displays of Altadena. Dot com or go to at tell me anything pod and you can find out um, the links and all that or truthfullycomedy.com slash shows but you know I know times are hard you know if you don't have ten dollars and you want to come I do have some com- artist comps so let me know don't hesitate don't wait let me know and I'll get you on the list um, you can message me at tell me anything pod at gmail.com or tell me anything pod on instagram or Teresa Lee bot on instagram please do i i know people here you know people saying like do this do that and i'm sound far away on this audio podcast but i am full-time here for y'all doing these shows driving uber you know writing scripts um so i would love if you came i'm gonna have a lot of fun bits and shooting a video and great guys on the lineup and we're gonna party so that's on october 21st that's friday night 8 p.m doors open um called are you afraid of the 90s and speaking of 90s i will be opening for greg proops this new year's eve in san francisco if you live in san francisco i will be opening for greg at the san francisco punchline um i don't know if tickets are on sale yet i should probably know this but i'm just happy to announce it and and you should come and I am by far not the headliner. You should obviously come for Greg, but come for me too. Let's hang. Um, those are going to be, I believe, uh, uh, December 29th, 30th, and 31st. I hope you can come. If anyone in my confidants live in the Bay, I'm very, very excited for that show. I think my family might come to one of them, so you can be my hot boyfriend. And yeah, that's that's the uh, show announcements. Um, I do. Oh, and also Get Loved will be screening at the Panamanian Film Festival November 18th and 19th. I'll be posting more info about that. Follow at Get Loved Film on Instagram to keep up with the latest. And a real quick announcement. I have a friend who um, who is in the community, in the comedy community, who also is the advocate for mental health, who shared this with me. Okay, it's not their organization, but they shared this with me, and I thought it was really great. I said, can I share this on the podcast? So I am. It's called the California Center for Anxiety and Trauma. It just opened, started by a doctor who is making a point to explicitly commit to therapy that is anti-racist, LGBTQ plus affirming, and feminist. Very, very excited. You know, they're really, really trying to meet the needs of the community. Um, There's 
particular expertise in cognitive behavior for adults, young adults, and adolescents who suffer from anxiety. Um, this might include survivors of sexual assault, combat veterans, refugees, child abuse survivors, and people who haven't responded well to other therapies. Definitely worth a try if you've never tried it or if you tried different therapies and you're not sure if it works for you, I would check this out. Um, obviously, disclaimer, I'm not a healthcare professional, I'm not a doctor, this is not medical advice. Do your own research, make sure you get third-party opinion and talk to a healthcare professional to make sure that you're doing what is best for you, but I just wanted to share that. It's www.cacenterforanxietytrauma.com. It's called the California Center for Anxiety and Trauma. And finally, speaking of anxiety, I'm very excited for this episode, but I do want to give a trigger warning. Um, We do talk about, with my guest Ethan Ang, he's a wonderful filmmaker. I met him at Asian American International Film Festival. He had a film at Slamdance, him and his partner, or writing partner, Justin Morris. Uh, but we do talk about themes of depression, suicide, and especially like high school angst. So if that is something that will trigger you, you know, you might want to skip this one. Um, but I do think it's worth a listen. And if it helps at all, we come at it from a very personal um, experience point of view. So, And he's really great. Um, so I think you guys will really like this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And that's it for the announcements. You go follow the long legs. You know me, Daddy T. I'm so excited for my guest today. We met at the Asian American International Film Festival. He is a director, writer, actor extraordinaire. He um, created the film Therapy Dogs, which I, it's a movie, but I guess it was in the doc category at, a, at AAIF. But um, yeah, he's gonna be huge. Ethan Ang, filmmaker slash young uh, young wonderkind. What's up? <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. You're currently in Canada right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in Toronto. That's where I live. I have a I I, I live with my mom, my dad, my brother, and here I am <laughs> in the basement. Oh, that's nice. Um well I yeah, I was really excited to have you on because I saw your film um called Therapy Dogs and it's just so good and it's so I feel like it just captures like very it's very authentic and I'm sure you've heard that a lot but um this podcast is all about confessions generally speaking we go we talk about anything from like very light stuff like people liking weird videos online to kind of like deeper like teenage stuff so I thought this was a real fun place to talk to you since you made this as a teenager and it really captures that high school um that high school era which I say it like I'm old, but I am. And but you're also not. You're not <laughs> you, old. You're still. I know I should. You're still young. <laughs> I should say is you know me and Justin when we were showing the film at the festival we like drove for like ten hours straight. It was like demonic. <laughs> we drove through the night, and there were like wow. deers like running past, and at any time we could have like collided, and it was really freaky. And then wow. we arrived into New York that morning. I guess by the time it was afternoon and we sat in those chairs of that like award ceremony and that's when I met you mm-hmm. so that, and immediately uh hit it off and uh-huh. even though we didn't really have much press going into that fest- festival specifically um 
yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really glad that you came and you checked out the movie. Like that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And it's fun fun that the name of therapy dogs because I really had no idea what to expect going in. And I I feel like it's a great name, but it's not about therapy dogs. Um, but I do on this podcast talk a lot about therapy and mental health because I didn't start going to therapy until I was in my twenties, and it became it was a way for me to just like feel heard, uh, which is also comedy for me. Yeah, I'm a little curious about the name. I mean, I know there's a scene in the movie where you guys are playing with therapy dogs, but was there a specific reason you decided to go with that name? Well, that name was Justin's um, genius. He's really good at thinking of sick names. And <laughs> for the longest time when we were writing the movie, I didn't want to commit to a name because I thought that'd be dumb. Like I wanted the identity of the film to announce itself. But um, yeah, Justin was like, hey, Ethan, therapy dogs. And I was like, that is sick, man. I can't even be stubborn and be like, and shoo it away. It was too good. And I, I knew why he he thought of that. And it came from a really heartfelt place. It's because, you know, um, so much of this film was not us making it for other people, but it was us mm -hmm. making it for each other. And that's kind of like, you know, what um, our our friendship was throughout that time was kind of like the bond you have with the therapy dog but instead of you know mm -hmm. um it, it's yeah and there's a lot going on in high school and you know even though this movie as you'll see in the trailer is full of stunts and it looks like jackass <laughs> if it was a john hughes movie really you know this is you know our way of um you know having a cathartic experience really I love that. And, and just for listeners, Justin Morris was his um, co-writer or I don't know, your partner. I don't know could you, if you guys like yeah, partner in continuing crime, to, um, continuing to do things together or kind of like branching out and doing your own. But um, um, but yeah, that, I, li I like that because also there's the other for me, like when I think of do like dogs, you're like, that's my dog. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> this is, mm -hmm. Please tell me what I'm my age is showing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, okay, because there's, you know, you're like, oh, those are my dogs, kind of like friends. And so there's the layer of like your therapy dog, but also like you're both kind of therapy for each other and you're there for each other. And you, that comes through in the film. And, and I think that's a big part of why it, it connects so much to audience of all ages, even though, you know, it's obviously made from a very specific time of your life. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I like how you know, therapy, like the two words apart, you know, have their own meaning and then together they have their own meaning. And of course, like, you know, this idea of like teenagers as dogs or, or specifically teenage boys, it's uh -huh. definitely, um, we'll just throw ourselves at anything really. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on therapy? I, I mean, I'm curious, like, cause I think when I was growing up at your age, I was, um, it was, the media representation of therapy was very different. Like it was very much a punchline and sort of like, oh, if you go to therapy, it's like embarrassing or it's, it means you have a problem. Now I know we're sort of still talking about it as a stigma, but there it's been really, there's been a lot of progress in the way it's represented in like shows for children and teenagers. So I'm curious, like what is the vibe in high school? Is it is this all just the adults pretending that we've made progress or are people more open at, like to talk about stuff like that? um no i mean definitely uh mental health is talked about a lot in schools um 
but I'm sure it was even talked about a lot in your generation of high school as well. No, I mean, it really was, it was different. Like we were on the cusp of it changing, I think, but in the nineties growing up, like maybe less in high school, but elementary, middle, like there's so many jokes in sitcoms just about like going to therapy as like, that's, that's the joke. Like, Oh, I'm going to group therapy. And then the whole, like, it's just supposed Mm -hmm. to be funny because people are like crazy. Um, which is wild to think about now, but now there's still a lot of stuff around therapy and mental health, but I feel like people get more nuanced about it in high school. I guess we were more open, but it definitely wasn't at the point where like, I didn't go to therapy till I was 22. And and I moved to New York and part of that was my upbringing because my parents are from Taiwan and it wasn't practiced in their childhood. But I'm curious, like, is that still is that still true or do you feel like in high school people are way more open about like if someone's going to therapy or wants to go to therapy, does that seem like something that's like, um, oh, yeah, it's like well, I, I definitely think the conversation about mental health is like, you know, it, as much as it's memed about, it's also uh the fact that it even is memed about means it has like a genuine, you know, place in um, that consciousness. So I think like, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure how many people actually go to therapy my age. Um, I know some people that do, but um, yeah, it's, uh, but definitely just people being conscious of their like mental health, health, like, in the same way that you think about your physical health, I think is, um, you know, it's pretty commonplace now. That's awesome. For me, like what resonated so much was so much of the, the platform of what you use was like this film and it was so well done. And obviously like went to slam dance and it's like, like you're a very talented filmmaker, but you can also just connect to the essence of like high school kids who have no skills, you know what I mean? Can feel that, um, but you brought it to life. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like well, I used to we didn't have poetry. skills. We didn't no, have you did. skills. Like you have thing. a vision and you put it together. But I think even someone without that and maybe didn't, you know, let's say someone just writing shitty poems in their iPhone notes, I think can still really relate to that feeling. And it's almost like you took it and ran with it so they could see their like innermost, you know, consciousness on screen. Um, but yeah, how, have you always been someone who's like expressed yourself through art? Or was this more from high uh, school? Um, no, actually not at all. <laughs> I never. You're like, I'm uh, not expressing myself at all. No. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was never the artist in my family. That was my brother. My brother okay. loves to draw, and um, I was uh, very like uh, academically um, oriented, but of course, I love movies, and but yeah, all the encouragement I got was academic. And really, when I um, went to this school, I went for um, acting because I thought I'd take a chance. And, you know, my whole life up until then, I've been trying to invent stories. Um, But when, you know, as I was going through high school and, you know, as Justin was going through high school, something really uh, special was developing, you know, it's it's a wild time when you're at that age and there are a lot of you know hard questions that kind of come into your life that you can't you can't back away from and at that point i didn't need to invent a story 
it was just something that me and Justin had to make no matter and it questions? wasn't for an audience like what, are, um, what what's an example will the life my life after high school just be me you know being a boring adult and <laughs> just like toiling to the grave and oh, you man. know just all the cliches mm -hmm. it's like yeah everyone's just celebrating their, you know, graduation, and it's just going to be yeah. the same thing. It's like, I was always curious why uh, kids, when I was a little kid, why us kids were so different from adults. And the process yeah. of childhood and teenagehood is kind of seeing how a bright eyed kid turns into, you know, that grumpy person on the subway. <laughs> and it's a very terrifying thing. Huh, um, yeah. Wow, that is a very but, sad way to put yeah. it, but no, I think in some ways in comedy, <laughs> we've kind of, but, no, because as you're saying that, and I'm like, I just moved in with my boyfriend and I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 32 and I'm thinking about, I'm getting to the point where if I want to have kids, I have to think about it. It's very scary because as a comedian and also as someone who's kind of stayed fairly like young in terms of spiritually, I feel like there wasn't a big shift, but it was because I tried really hard to hang on to that. And most of my friends are grown children. So, you know what I mean? But now they're kind of crossing over and having families and, and you saying that does resonate because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I still think about this, but um, I definitely think that it's way more in your face now with now with everything being so connected because I felt that definitely like restless in high school, but I don't know if it was so in my face how unhappy people were after high school. But the internet, I think, mm. makes it, you know what I mean? Or I don't know, like, where do you get this? I mean, you, are all adults miserable in your mind? Um, yeah, or, you know, that's, it's, when you look at life at such a, you know, macro uh, perspective, it, it, it's always going to be, like, so sad. <laughs> but really, like, happiness is in the day-to-day. -day, and there's joy and there's ways to, you know, keep your youth and be an adult and um yeah there's there's always like it, it never ends I, I just think maybe the high school experience was maybe romanticized and youth mm -hmm. is romanticized because you know that's an opportunity for people to be uh that everyone gets to be young and you know life gets harder but anyways yeah no, not all adults are miserable I've seen happier adults than I've seen teenagers actually <laughs> that's hopeful I, yeah there's something because it's funny you compared your trailer to jackass because when i saw it i was like euphoria vibes and i think they both mm. they're both true it, but it's those two things by themselves sound very different um but i do think they both try to capture the spirit of like the feeling of invincibility um but with seriousness i think that's what makes jacks what makes jackass and euphoria very different but also very like they both have gravitas, even though on surface, they can just be kind of like, you know, they're both entertainment, um, but they, I think, take themselves seriously like that time of, like they don't uh, look down on the characters. It's not like a CW show where they're like, and we all, you know, like fit into a category and, you know, it's like less formulaic. It's a little more like real and raw, which I find really cool about your film because you film, so just for, I guess, listeners, if they haven't, uh, they're not as familiar with it. You shot an unsanctioned documentary slash it's narrative film with documentary footage, 
right? Is that how you would describe it? Or mm -hmm. sure, uh, a real people basically from your high school, and every the whole cast is people from your high school playing versions of themselves or or actually themselves. Um, but in terms of like the characters and casting, like it does capture high school, but it's not in a clicky way either. Like that's what I thought was really cool. Like you really don't get this like. At least from my point of view, when I was watching that, I don't know if it feels like that for you, but it doesn't feel like there's like, these are the cool kids. These are the, it's like everyone kind of has a different space, but they interact with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what did you guys actually have real like clicks like that back in your back? In, oh, not back in your day, you're not that old. <laughs> that's but... okay. You could say that. No, a little <laughs> bit more because we, we were on the tail end of those like 80s, 90s bully movies. So I, it wasn't like that, but I think there was a sense of wanting to be popular. So the term popular still existed. I don't know if you guys still have that term, but that was like, you know, in high school, you'd get the yearbook, like most, literally most popular was a thing you could vote for and best looking. And like, all, like these were all categories I, I think are now very problematic. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably were back then too, but it would literally be like at my high school, they voted a guy best eyes because he was Asian and had small eyes. So it was like a hugely problematic, like, you know, not, it, it wasn't great for us, but uh, I'm not saying things were better back then. Um, but we were definitely more aware of like our status and who we, where we belonged, you know, like whether we were invited to parties or not. Yeah, there, there are popular kids, but it's like, you know, they're, they're just as like alienated from everything as everyone else. I mean, um everyone just feels lonely i don't know at least in my school there wasn't a real huge like sense of community i uh i don't know but some people might disagree maybe that's just me being grumpy well that's okay i mean nobody has the same experience what is your in your mind like what do you want your quote unquote adult life to be. And I, I think I put it in quotes because it's I don't think I feel like there was a moment I became an adult, but um, obviously graduation makes you feel like childhood's over. Is there something you feel like is ideal or you just don't even know what it looks like? Yeah, well, that that's the thing. Like all the people when I was a kid that really inspired me were adults that could really, were people that um, looked me level in the eye. And that's people who were still in touch with their childhood and knew how to, you know, talk with children. And I just think, um, you know, whatever adult life is uh, in the future, you know, it's, um, I don't know, you, you just gradually, uh, you know, take more responsibility and, um, you know, hopefully you're still challenging yourself and, you know, yeah, it's just as as long as you're not that grumpy person on the subway or the person yelling at the <laughs> cashier, I think you're fine as an adult. So less anger. That's how adults are. Um, it's funny that you say I, I'm really fascinated. Okay, because obviously I know there's an age difference, but as an adult, I'm going to call myself an adult, whatever. What I see, <laughs> like when I connect to like young artists or filmmakers, what I see is like maturity. So I think it's so funny that you're saying you connect when someone like maybe with more experience in life is on your like looking you eye to eye and connecting with their youth because I think on the other side of that what I feel and I can't speak for everyone but I, I do feel like there is some sort of universality to like 
what draws people into like youth is that they connect to the maturity. I don't know if this makes sense, like your wisdom, like sort of like the old soulness, which makes me think it is probably not connected to age at all. It's just the core of who we are. It's not really an age. But when you said all that, I was like, wow, that's so wise. And that's why I like talking to you. But to me, it's like, oh, because he's wise. And you're like, oh, because she's youthful, which I think is so funny that we see it opposite. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you feel like you're like an old soul? I don't know, because you also like- People call me drove, a boomer. You said you drove super fast and almost hit deer. So I'm like, I think you're just exactly what you're supposed to be. Like, I don't feel like, oh, oh you're Okay, that's good. And then just like, you seem like you're like a teenage boy who's talented and knows how to put what you are thinking in your head out into the world, which is a little more advanced than other maybe teenage boys your age to have that ability, but it doesn't mean you're not thinking like them. They just might not. Oh, no, I think exactly like them. I'm actually like <laughs> such, like such, like <laughs> it's crazy, actually, the things I think about and the things I say. Oh my gosh, I, I, I amuse myself with how immature I am sometimes. <laughs> well, I did also say this to you. I mean, I, if it's okay to share it with the listeners, but I, I like you reminded mind, me a bit of my little brother and um, my, my listeners like know about the whole story and stuff, but that is sort of that playful spirit, but also very serious, like take on life. Like when you're saying like, I don't want to be grumpy, but then also you're like, yeah, I'm going to just do some stunts that might kill me. Like those two things, one is really far future thinking and one is really like <laughs> just very spontaneous and kind of like reckless. So it's it's interesting to see the diet, um, what do you call it, the, the contradiction. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, How like you're like, oh, if I do this, I'll die, whatever. But you're also like, I can't be grumpy in 30 years. It's like those two things don't feel contradicting to you. No, it's it's about being passionate about life, I think, you know. <laughs> it's you're young you 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 have destiny in the palm of your hands this is the time to I feel like you're you know trolling. confront everything <laughs> no so no funny. what the heck you're like reading from indiana jones like no man i love indiana jones though that's like a huge actually i don't really think about indiana jones when i do dumb shit though um but yeah uh and i i saw you know your um your brother's films and you know it's I, I I think he 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 had a vision, you know. I I, I think we really would have um, gone along if we were in the same class or something. We probably would have made therapy dogs together, to yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, you know his he, the way he uh, he points the camera at things. Like you can just tell, you know, where the vision is. It's. It, you're right you know when you're a teenager there's like a secret wisdom and a mm -hmm. curiosity but you know you're you're like you're in a young person's body you're mm -hmm. you're gonna do some wild shit <laughs> well thank you for saying that about the film that it really does mean a lot and yeah i think um what i love so much about like universally no matter what your experience is obviously i have a very personal experience coming into the film but even if you know you just watched it with none of the same <laughs> trauma or whatever, I think it, it what it does is it takes simple things, right? Like very simple, like you just want to get along with your friends or you get in a fight with your best friend. But it also takes it like to such extremes. It's not like CW, like what you know, like oh no, you cheated on blah blah blah. It's like 
you fight, you get in a fight with Justin and you guys are like really fighting and bleeding and you really feel it too. Like, it's like a, you feel the love and anger. It's like this just restless energy of like, I want like, I don't know if this, cause I'm not, never been a boy, but I can really feel that energy. Like with girls, we'll end up kind of putting it into, I don't want to speak for all girls, but my day we would kind of be mean and catty and like talk shit, which wasn't very nice. And it would hurt a lot of people. And, you know, I've been on both ends of it, but I do kind of feel like you showed this like truthful, like you just show the feeling from beginning to end of like, you get this impulse and it's probably not a good idea to see it through, but you have another friend there and you're like, we're just gonna ram into each other or whatever until we figure it out. And then it like, you just yeah. fight each other because nothing matters at that age <laughs> like it's honestly it's like this is like your last hurrah when you're 17 you know that's how it feels like it's like you can see the meteor of adulthood you know crashing into the atmosphere and by the time you put on that graduation cap you know it's game over everybody loses mm -hmm. so high school is really just like this um yeah no everybody nobody, loses wow yeah that's such a that's what it seems like you know when you're when you're so a senior but some people say everybody wins by making it out of high school but then you think everybody loses by having to leave well yeah <laughs> good, no there's good no right or wrong i just it's so interesting i mean i don't know yeah i I'm, elaborate like why why do you feel like you're if you experience it fully, what are you losing? Well, I think it's the 17 year old me would have answered it. Like, um, you're, you know, you're, you've, you're graduating, you're becoming an adult. Mm. That's you're, you're doing life the, the same way, you know, all the adults you've despised are doing it. And, you know, you're, you're no better than every, everyone else. You're just, you know, uh, mm. yeah, it's feeling that maybe same I'm repetition. special or maybe I'll be something different, but it, then you realize you, I mean, you, you, I, irony is you kind of did do that <laughs> by making the film, but, um, the capturing the feeling of like, none of us are special, but then you kind of put yourself in a special category i don't know if you, you know what i mean unintentionally like, there was like cool, a though. good there was a good um <laughs> like two, four years i think or maybe three years of editing that movie and nobody saw it and i was just someone that you know i was the weird camera kid i sacrificed my social life <laughs> and nothing to show for it you said something that i actually really do want to point out that this is i literally just had this thought now so I don't know, it might just be off the rocker. I don't know if this is something that you meant or you've gotten from anyone who has watched it, but you were talking about sort of like losing and then, you know, your film do, deals with grief as well. And there's a sense that almost like you, you in the film kill your teenage self, like metaphorically, but it's also, is that how you felt? Like you're saying goodbye to that version of you, like it will never exist for you in the same way again. Like, is that why you decided to end the way you did uh yeah i mean of course i i think i mean there there are a lot of um things reasons we ended it like that and some of them you know were 
our our secrets in a way but that that's one of the big reasons is like the whole movie i was and this was like the whole school year i was just going around you know it was extremely anti-social i was just recording everything through a camera and that's how i saw everything and it was like someone desperately trying to you know keep time mm -hmm. and Aww. you can't do that you can't um I you have to oh no no, no. <laughs> no i love that just that image of like and then you like would for people who aren't watching obviously um he was like making a motion of grabbing onto time and it was so yeah scary. yeah it's like scattered leaves you know it's autumn yeah. now so there are a lot of leaves but yeah um you, you can't you have to you have to grow you have to you know the, there's so much to look forward to after high school really and even though there are a lot of like you know uh grudges and you know angst you know whether it be at home or you know mm -hmm that the same neighborhood you've been, you know, kicking rocks around for the last 18 years of your life, you know, believe it or not, and it's very hard to believe, you know, when you are 18 or 17, but, you know, it is, it does get exciting after, if you continue to be passionate about your life. That is true. So yeah, sometimes you grow up and then you get to talk to teenagers about how they're young and that's how you get to feel young again and it comes back around. No, I'm just talking about my own experiences. Um, no, <laughs> um, but I, I, the reason I brought that up too is because that sort of, to me, a new angle of seeing it. Because when I first watch it, you know, we start with, it's, it's a lot about sort of struggling with anxiety and sort of feeling isolated, like you said, and high school can be so isolating. And so I saw it more in the narrative of the film as like your your character, I guess, was kind of depressed. And that was just an ending of it. But now as this like more meta version, I see it as like you choosing to say goodbye, like willfully letting go of that psyche version of you. And it feels a lot less tragic to me now. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's me putting a lot of different uh, of my own projections on it. But I'm curious, like, I mean, obviously, it's a big, uh, it's a big, big choice. And so I'm curious how much of that was more like metaphorical versus like, you also felt like this is something that this character, like, I don't know, you know, like how much of it was about depression and how much was just this kind of emptiness and nothing matters. Well, how much of it is depression and how much of it is emptiness and nothing well, so there's, matters? Okay, well, so the choice, um, oh, am I saying them like they're the same thing? I'm sorry. You haven't gotten to the age where you have different types of depression yet. <laughs> Just wait. Um, oh. <laughs> some of them oh, are empty. Man. Some of them are heavy. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, some is dark gray. Some is light gray. No, uh, I guess what I meant was like there's the lightness of the movie being fake and very fun, but it's real people, but obviously knowing that you guys are alive and making it and still friends. And then there's the heaviness, but you kind of straddle the line because it's not, the whole thing isn't done like a dramatic narrative where we're very clear that it's, you know, this fake character that we say goodbye to. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, it's like how I mean... much of it was this, like, I want you to know this is fiction, this like, you know, fake world. And how I guess, does that make sense? Or is it sort of like you kind of out playing out this like almost but you know thankfully you're still here but does that make sense like how much of it felt like yeah, a of jo course. joke versus like 
this oh, is oh, it, it was never a joke. Yeah, I mean, as much as we were having fun and such, it was very uh, close. And um, you know, I uh, there are, there are experiences, you know, between Justin and I that are um, that kind of inform some morbid tones of the, of the film and um yeah like you know us making it a movie though was our way of uh trying to like figure it out i mean that's why at the end justin you know lives on mm -hmm. because we wanted you know his perspective we want to figure out what's the world where that happens in you know, this mm. character can live on. So, um, yeah, and it, it was, uh, there, I mean, you're, you're surrounded by feelings of finality um, in high school and it, sometimes really cool. things like that. Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, everyone should just watch it because I definitely feel like I'm um, tripping on my words, but I hopefully you'll understand when you see it what I mean, but um in some ways, what was so beautiful is the finality that made it so that in real life, it's not final. Does that make sense? Like you kind of like played out the fear that everything ends in high school. In well, yeah, but Isn't then that in real life, beautiful? yeah, but then in real life, you're like, you're doing festivals. You're, and I'm not saying that was the point, like you didn't know that, but that's what's so beautiful is you almost open this portal to then see something you didn't even expect. Like now, you know, we met in New York, you drove from Toronto to New York, you you know, meeting all these big producers, like you kind of like metaphorically created an ending so that you could have this new beginning. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think about um, how 17 year old Ethan would react to all of this and he'd be <laughs> overjoyed, you know? Uh -huh. um, but yeah, sometimes I write notes about like stories because I think a lot about you know writing and I think the difference between life the experience of life and the experience of watching a story mm -hmm. is that a story is intermittent you know it's an intermittent experience in your life where something begins and ends but then you walk home from the theater mm -hmm. or you close the screen and that's the beauty of it it's like that ends but you know your life is still going um yeah that's nice uh, have you shown this to your family yeah well, it was so weird reaction if you're comfortable sharing it because I'm, oh. I'm curious i mean i imagine it must be that a lot of the stuff you guys didn't talk about that much in person but i'm sure you putting it out there in the universe is like knowing that they'll see it and it's okay for them to see it but with everyone else right like it's some yeah well you know they I, I didn't tell, of course, I wouldn't tell them anything we were doing. Like, <laughs> I, I would just keep it a secret. I would just say I was working on a movie. And okay. then, like, I think a night before it played at Slam Dance, I got oh them God. all on the couch and we watched it. And um, I, yeah, you know, it was just kind of like. Did you watch it with them? Oh, in the room? Yeah, I watched it with okay. them. But, like, I think. The fact that it was in slam dance and all this stuff happened kind of like cushioned uh their reaction a bit but um yeah they they just think i'm like a lying you know thief now 
what? the way I just go out, go out and no way. <laughs> maybe I that start hanging out with I my friends. Like that's, that's your teenage hubris pretend. Like there were, what did they have? Like, what did they, I mean, gosh, I hope that's not the first thing they said, but. Um, no, <laughs> no, they didn't call me a lying thief, but like okay. they know that I've been to like a strip club, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's, um. Oh, that's that the thing you are that. nervous about. Don't trust me. There's a lot left to learn. Like, adults know kids make th- do stuff like that. I was thinking more from those like deep-hearted talks and um, you know how you felt. Um, I don't know if your parents were ever having those conversations with you, but clearly it was. I mean, was it cathartic to have them see how you felt? No, not. <laughs> no, really? No, <laughs> they didn't. Re- I mean. You know, they saw it as a movie. I don't I don't know if they um saw it as like a you know, kind of like a, a, a letter from the soul or anything. Yeah. Um oh, wow. okay. But have you ever asked your parents I'm, I'm about glad their you... teenage? You should at some point in your life when you're actually curious about it, because sometimes it is wild. Like I definitely was never oh, curious. Uh, yeah. But it's i'm so curious i ask them all the time i'm like hey because they met when they were really young and i'm like tell me about your debaucheries and they're like no we were actually very well behaved Uh and i believe it okay i mean we'll see what they say when you you graduated or when you're like um was i graduated from like this adolescence era like when you're fully like let's say you're no longer asking them for advice in any realm. Cause I think there's an era well, like in your twenties yeah. when you're like graduated from high school, but you're still, you know, like, oh, what should I do about this or that? And then it is weird to suddenly see them as children. Um, but now, I mean, now I'm like a dec- at least a decade, <laughs> more than a decade older than you. And I, I'm at that point where I see my parents, love them as my parents, still grateful, but like there's things I see, I'm like, okay, that's like, a childhood thing they haven't gotten over or that's something from their teenage years that's a trigger for them and that's kind of a wild thing to realize yeah for sure i mean i i definitely you know i've heard stories about my parents upbringing like that and um but it, it was just you know different they they had like actual chinese parents like my parents are like they listen my dad listens to the smiths you know it's not it's not the same. I can say I want to be a filmmaker and they don't flip out. My grandparents don't even know what that occupation is. So. <laughs> That's cool that they're supportive. So they knew you wanted to, well, obviously you were going to school for acting. So they're supportive of um, like your arts and film. film not career. really, but I wouldn't <laughs> give them a choice. I mean, I would do whatever I wanted, regardless of what they thought. Uh-huh. I'm sure they're secretly glad that's the case though, because Oh, oh they were relieved. To... Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> People want to raise Jeez. an independent, like, as, and it's, you know, they're just worried, but I, I'm also the same way. I'm like, well, by now I don't re- like, I want, well, I still want my parents to like what I do, but I don't really care because I'm doing it. But you know, it definitely early on was like a struggle to get them to see that it was a real job for sure. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um what would you tell okay we're getting to the end of this but i love this theme of like talking to because you talk about like your 17 year old self and like it's very far away and i know it is for you but like now being able to kind of ascribe like how much has changed and how you you look to the future then and now you're looking back like can you kind of look to the future now like what would you want 
let's say you're like, you know, 30 and looking back now and you get to have a conversation with you today. But it's not just about you asking your 30 year old self stuff. Like you can tell your 30 year old self stuff. Like, is there anything you would want to tell them? Oh, yeah. You know, I just make sure my 30 year old self, you know, keeps his wits sharp and is always like, you know, See, still being adventurous. Like a boomer, for sure. When you say wits sharp. <laughs> Are you, well, you know, fine. No, <laughs> I don't know what to say. My, no, you know, my, no, I think I like my that. dad talks like an old guy. His first name is Percy, um, oh, which is a, kind of an old name. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, just make sure there are a lot of comforts, I think, uh, when you get older and things that uh, you can depend on. But I just need to make sure that guy, keep, you know, keeps on his toes because mm -hmm. like I know my 17 year old self could beat the shit out of the 21 year old <laughs> yeah I, I know my 17 year old self is the most idealistic and i try and keep that spirit and you're frozen again oh my god oh no it's okay well, well when you come back we can wrap it up let's wait for it to fully come oh back. i'm here are you here i think it's still yep. catching up you're still kind of i'm okay, okay is great. the motion okay yes yeah. okay i'm <laughs> I was mirroring you but i was like it's real time <laughs> no that that's that's for me to see the motion as well <laughs> just like a mirror um okay cool uh <laughs> oh my god it's never been so unreliable i swear i don't even okay. know what's going on mercury's in retrograde um so that means technology doesn't work um that's fine this perfect well ju i just asked for your like plug your like socials and where to find you and follow you and that sort of thing. Oh, and then okay. also when well, is this movie coming out for, for the public? I know you guys got, or I don't know if you know yet, but. Right. So our movie is coming out um, sometime in uh, March, I think Ooh, okay. from Utopia. And um, it's going to be on streaming. Um, it's going to be really cool. Actually, it's I. We have the same distributor as Civil Dead, which yes, is cool as right. well. And um, depending on when this podcast is out, uh, it's playing in Canada Ooh. at the Real Asian Film Festival in Toronto. Ooh, it's gonna, this November is going to come 12th. out this week. So, okay, Real Asian Film Festival. That's awesome. November twelfth. Yeah. And then people can follow it on Instagram um, and then follow. Well, I don't know. Are you public on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, people can follow that because it will have all the updates mm -hmm. and people can just, uh, you know, bother me for a link too. I won't send <laughs> it to them, but you can certainly try. Bother. Um, yeah. <laughs> See how well you can bother him for a link. <laughs> um yeah and then i'm sure there's gonna be new projects coming out so follow ethan and just like what an amazing debut and thank you so much for coming on the show um this has been you can tell me anything i've been Teresa Lee, and yes that's it thank you for listening to you can tell me anything you can tell me anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa lee on the hoo ha ha podcast network the Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Ruth Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. 
and the Hoo Ha Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.